0: Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here at Putnamville Baptist Church. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we're hoping that you got a visitor's card. And uh, if you would fill that out at the end of the services, we'll take up our offering if you would put that in the plate. And uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. Just uh, we have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And thank you for being here. Hope that you've already been blessed for being here. We're going to get into have a word and then word of prayer. And then we'll get into the message All right, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, we ask that you would have your way and your will done in our lives. Lord, we ask for, uh, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name
1: we pray. Amen. Morning. Uh, update you on my dad. Friday, he had gallbladder surgery because they found it was gangrenous. He was in a lot of pain, but he's in the ho- he's in a room. He's doing okay, but he's got a long way to go. They figure about a week he'll be in the hospital. So keep praying for him. So, but let's all stand. Turn to page 505. Focus on uh, our salvation and focus on our testimony to others. see you. Go ahead and return to our seats, and let's stand and sing one last song, 411, Solid Rock. want to stand on that rock and be firm with Christ and be sure of our salvation and know He is our rock.
0: to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here. It's good to see some visitors here as well this morning, and uh, it's always a joy to have be in the Lord's house. All right. Well, I do appreciate you being here, and I hope that you've already been blessed for being in the Lord's house this morning, been encouraged, and uh, I know I have uh, I've been in reading through the book of, first, or book of John, been studying there. That's where my studies have been lately. So, the uh, Lord brought another message from the book of John to me this, mor- or this morning. And John chapter 4 is where we're going to be, John chapter 4. And uh, we'll begin in verse 7. Uh, very familiar portion of scripture here, um, speaking about the, the woman at the well. And uh, the Bible says, There cometh a woman of Samaria... To draw water, Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask, Drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that, that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, And he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whoso ever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life the woman sa- uh, saith unto him sir give me this water that I thirst not neither come hither to draw jesus saith unto her go call thy husband and come hither and the woman answered and said i have no husband jesus said unto her thou hast well said i have no husband for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou uh, hast now hast is, not, is not thy husband, and that saith thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman... Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. We worship, ye worship, ye know not what we know, what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this uh, came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity to open up the bread of life and, Lord, to feast from uh, your word this morning. Lord, we ask that you would give us exactly what we need to hear. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I pray. If there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray for those that are saved, Lord, that they would see, they would show evidences and signs to others uh, of their walk and of their life with you. Lord, I do thank you again for what you're going to do. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to look at uh, three signs of salvation, three signs of salvation uh, ...scriptural salvation, if I could add that. And, and we're going to find them in the life of this dear woman. And uh, in verse 29 uh, is, if you'll notice, is the seventh time that this woman speaks. Um, and uh, what's so special about that is, uh, is, I'm going to explain it here. The first time she spoke was there in verse 9. And then in verse 11 and 12 she spoke. And then in verse 15, and then verse 17, then verse 19 and 20... And then in verse 25. But then the seventh time she spoke was in verse 29. Now, notice what verse 29 says again it says, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Numbers have a special significance in the Word of God. Uh, the number seven is a sign to God's divine completion. Uh, for example, God created the world in six days, and on the He rested on the seventh day. The Book of Revelation completes the, the Word of God, and in the uh, the number seven is mentioned several times. It's prominent in the Book of Revelation. There's the seven trumpets, the seven veils, the seven judgments, and uh, and uh, seven uh, is mentioned. There's seven sevens in the Book of Revelation. You say, what's a, what's a, God has a perfect plan, and God know, knows what he's doing. And uh, seven is the number of completion. So the seventh time this woman spake, it was a testimony of salvation. Notice again, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Before this statement, she was lost. Uh, she was in the flesh. Uh, she was confused, and she was uh, confounded when she spake the word in verse 29, she was saved. And uh, in this, she was in the spirit. She was bound for heaven. And uh, she's now made whole. She's complete. God has finished uh, the work of salvation in her. And the Bible says in Philippians 2, 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, I've had people say, "What's that mean to work out your own salvation?" This does not mean that we have to work to obtain salvation. What that literally means is that uh, it's an evidence of your salvation. Uh, I've said this before, and you've heard me. You've heard me say it that uh, we don't work or do things in order to uh, to earn our salvation or work for our salvation. We do and we work because we are saved. That's the reason why we do what we do. That's the reason why we uh, act the way we do. Because we've been saved, but not in order to be saved. So I want to share with you some signs of scriptural salvation. Like I said, there's three signs that we'll see from this lady here at the woman at the well. Number one, she trusted in the Savior. Her trust was in the Savior. It wasn't in anything that she could do or any works of uh, any sort, but her salvation or she trusted in the Savior. Look there in verse 25. It says, A woman saith unto him, I know that thou that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. We don't know just how the Spirit of God works and how He moves in the hearts of men, convincing and convicting men of sin, showing them the Savior, creating faith in Him. But when Jesus said what He did in verse 26, He said, Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. That instant, that woman was saved. Why? Because of what she did, how hard she worked, or... Uh, because she was doing something special? No, because she trusted in Jesus Christ. She believed his report. She believed what he had said for salvation. She had come down the hill, a child of Adam's race. But when she left, uh, she came up uh, and saw the second Adam. And he changed her mundane life into a, uh, to a meaningful life. And you, we can all attest to, if you've been saved, you can all attest to... The fact when uh, we were living in the mundane, but now uh, Christ has changed that. He's made a difference in our lives and made our lives more meaningful. I taught in the teen class today and was talking about the abundant life and how God wants us to enjoy life. I've said this, uh, I said if, if uh, the Christian life was going to be boring, I probably never would have been saved. But I saw Christians that enjoyed life and had good time in uh, in their saving faith. And and I believe that the Christian life ought to be uh, abundant. That's what the Bible says. When a man or a woman is saved, it's evident in their lives. It shows up, not just in one place, but all over them. I, I believe when someone truly gets scripturally saved, there's a change that comes upon them. I mean, they changed. They're not the old person anymore. They're a new creature. Now, Brother Adam can probably explain this much better than I, but I've read uh, about just seconds after a birth of a newborn, dozens of changes take place. Now, I'm going to have to read this because I don't know all this, but, for example, there's a special valve in the heart that must close permanently and open uh, it's open until birth but now, as soon as that baby is born, it closes that the used blood and the fresh blood circulate through the heart without mingling. That's beyond me. But there's a change that happens. The eyes that were pre- previously used to dark is now have to be adjusted by light. A body that was used to uh, 98 or 100 uh, degree uh, degree temperature now has to be used to, Come change to being used to a a body temperature of, or the surrounding areas around 30 degrees lower, and uh, the circulation of the infant's blood changes and no longer flowing through the umbilical cord as it did when the child was in the mother's womb. But now, instead, flowing through its own heart and and uh, lungs must fill with air and begin the lifelong uh, lifelong function. And these are many and many other changes happen when. When a baby is born, in the same way, there are certain changes that must take place within the life of one who has been born again as a child of God. There's changes that take place. You see, if there has never been a change, there has never been a conversion. Say, Pastor, are you saying that I'm not saved? I'm not saying anything. What I'm saying is what the Word of God teaches and preaches and to us is that if there's never truly been a change in your life, you need to see if you really truly have scriptural salvation. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new." That word "creature" there is a new formation. Something exists that once did not. And I found something interesting. The same word the Spirit of God uses to refer to creation of the world by the spoken word of God is the same word used for creature in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Romans 1.20 says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Listen to me. What that's teaching us is that when we become new creatures, it's evident that you can see the changes that are happening in our lives. Creation is the same word translated as creature. Salvation is truly an event that takes place once, once, but it's an experience that lasts a lifetime. You see, when a, an infant is born, the doctor listens. What does he say? He's listening for the cry of the baby. Proof that air has entered in the baby's lungs and that, uh, that uh, it's ready for life. What then about this? Think about this. Psalms 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. There's a cry. That's the proof that the Spirit has entered into the heart of man. Is that we hear the cry of those that say, let the redeemed say so. We need to proclaim the words of God. Where did this cry show up in the Samaritan woman, you may ask? Well, look there in verse 28. The Bible says the woman... Then left her water pot and went her way, uh, her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She was letting the redeemed say so. She was telling others. Has a similar anything similar happened to you? Has that taken place in your heart? Do you have that testimony of saving grace? Have you cried out? Have you let the, uh, have, has the redeemed said so? You know, she trusted. One of the signs of true scriptural salvation is that she trusted. She trusted in the Savior. Number two, another sign is that she turned from sin. She turned from sin. I marvel about folks that, Live, uh, say they're Christians, but they want to continue in the same things that they've done all their life. I truly doubt that salvation. Now, I'm not the one that says you're saved and you're not saved, but I can tell you this: that God tells us there are evidences, there are signs of scriptural salvation. Notice there in verse 28, the Bible says a the woman then left her water pot and went away into the city, and saith unto the men. She had five husbands and lived, had a live-in lover. What do you suppose she did when she got home? I, I don't know this. The Bible doesn't clearly say it, but I, 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 I don't believe that she was mean, but I believe that she went to the man and she says, I've been saved. I've, I've got a new life. My heart is full. I, I, I have no need of nothing. And I don't have a need for anything anymore. My life is filled. My my life is full and overflowing. That's what he said there in verse 14. And I I believe for, maybe you can argue with me if you want, but I believe that she says, I don't want to live in sin anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. We need to get things right. Can I tell you, when God saved us, there should be a change. There should be a change in our lives. We no longer want to live in the sin that we lived in. There should be a a hatred for that sin that we love so much. Now, I'm not telling you that once you get saved, you're going to be sinless. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this. There should be, man, it should bother you when there's sin that comes into you. When you have that wrong thought or you say that wrong thing or you get angry or, or sins of omission or sins of commission. Those sins, those should bother us. I can tell you, when, when I do things, it bothers me. That's the Holy Spirit convicting us, and, I, and it should want us to turn from that. See, I asked the Lord, Lord, why did the Holy Spirit tell us she left her water pot? Why did, the verse could have easily said, the woman then went her own way into the city and saith unto the men. But it says that she left her water pot. Why is, that, uh, why is that detail in there? I believe that it indicates the truth that she found a new way to be refreshed. A new way of life. A new found, uh, fountain from which to draw and from which to drink. Because Christ said that he would be the living water. That she would never thirst again. She would never thirst again. Our walk, I believe, needs to be supported by our words. Profession, our profession is one thing, but possession is another. I believe that the water pot may symbolize uh, the desires and the drives of the old life. The Word of God says this in Romans 8:5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are of the are after the spirit the things of the spirit this woman left her water pot let me say have you ever left your water pot have you ever left the things of the past let those aside what are the signs of saving faith i believe she trusted in the savior i believe she turned from her sin but then thirdly I believe she told the story. She told the story. Look there in verse 29. She says, come and see a man that told me all things. She told the story. You know the evidence. Folks, you want to know the evidence of a, someone that is saved? Well, they've trusted the Savior. That's evident. And then they turn from it. Why? Because they've turned from their sin. But then they go and tell. You know, God didn't leave us here on earth just for us to sit in a pew and, and listen God saved us so we would serve Him. You see, she got saved and immediately, you know what she did? She went and told others. When we get saved, there ought to be a desire in us to tell others about what Christ has done for us. See, it sounds kind of radical, doesn't it, Pastor? No, I believe that's what we need to have in our lives. Do you and I have anything worth telling Worth spreading, worth supporting with our time, our talent, our testimonies and our telling Is it worth worth teaching and preaching and, and singing and spreading? Years ago they came up with the media came up with a 24/7 news. I mean, they would tell us everything about everything. I mean the you know who won Miss Universe and the baseball player who uh, shattered some record, the latest polls and I mean, just tell us everything. I mean, 24 hours, 7 days a week, the person that won the last lottery. And they'd share all the news that seemed so significant. However, listen to what heaven's report is. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, it says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. We, we, get, we have our minds that, on things that are, we think are so important. But can I tell you what's important is not who won the lottery. It's not who's winning in the latest polls. It's not if Donald Trump has a, a successful reign as president. It's not those things. You know what? What's important is souls being saved. Souls being saved. I want you to see something here. The Bible says, Jesus saith to her, Go Call thy husband and come hither. He invites her to come. And then in verse 29, he says, Come see a man which told me all things. She said this. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Jesus said to this lady, Come. And now she's the one saying, Come. Do You see what God is doing here? You know when Jesus says he gave his Christians the marching orders there in Matthew chapter 28... Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. You know that first teaching there is showing them, teach people how to be saved. And then after they teach them, then you get them baptized. And then after you get them baptized, then you teach them to... Uh, the things of the Word of God so that they would go out and tell others, show others to be saved, how they can be saved, and then that they would get people saved and, and get them baptized, and then that they would teach people... It's, a, it's one of those cycles that God has intended for Christians to do is to go share our testimonies. After we've been saved, go and share our testimonies with other people that they may see the good works, our good works, and glorify our Father in heaven, that they may see a change that has happened in us, and they would want and desire that change as well. The Bible says in Isaiah 118, Says, "Come now, and let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 28, "Come unto me, and I will uh, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Revelation twenty two seventeen says, "In the Spirit and the Bride say, Come." And let him that hears say, come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Getting into heaven is by invitation only. I read a story about a lady in England in the early part of the 19th century. There was a woman who had heard the gospel many times and she never responded to it personally. She had come from a Christian home. She was lived and abided in a Christian home. She understood the faith, but she could not come to that point of trusting and understanding. And she considered herself unworthy. One day she, wanted, uh, she wandered into a very small church and sat down in the back. And she was almost in despair and hardly heard the word of what was this elderly man was preaching... Suddenly, right in the middle of the message, the preacher stopped and he pointed his finger at her and said, You miss, sitting right there in the back, you can be saved now. You don't need anything. His words struck like thunder in her heart. She believed at once and with her belief, her trust, there came an inimaginable sense of peace and real joy. That night, Charlotte Elliott went home and wrote the the words to a well-known hymn, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. This Samaritan woman, she trusted in the Savior. Let me ask you, have you trusted in Him? Not in what you've done, not in how much you've given, not in any of those things, because those are works. We don't trust in our works for salvation, but have you trusted in the finished work of salvation, what Jesus Christ did on Calvary? He died for your sins, He was buried, and He rose the third day. Have you trusted Him? Let me ask you, and secondly, if you've trusted Him, have you turned from your sins? Have you said, I don't want those things in my life anymore? God, I'm sorry for those wicked things that I'm doing. I believe that's an evidence of salvation. It's an evidence of salvation. But then she told the story. She shared with others what God had done. Come see a man that told me all things. I believe, folks, if we are Christians, there should be some evidences in our life that we've trusted Him, that we're trusting in Him currently that we've turned from sin and that we're telling others about the Savior. There may be one or two or three of these areas that you haven't accomplished in your life. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar this morning and do business with God. I believe that the woman here, it sounds like she got saved, don't it, to you? May I ask, have you? If not? Why not? The Holy Spirit of God is dealing with your heart right now. I want to encourage you to do business with God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This woman trusted, trusted in the Savior. She turned from her sins and she told the story. Folks, I know there's a lot of people in here that have trusted in the Savior. They've even turned from their sin, but they're not actively telling the story. Folks, there should be something within us to say, hey, you know what? I have a concern for the loss. I have a burden for the loss. I need to share what God has done for me. I was talking to someone not too long ago telling about how hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go to hell. Folks, we need to be actively active participants in the gospel, telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you hear this morning say, Pastor, I don't know for sure. No one else is looking around, just me. You say, Pastor, honestly, I can't say without a shadow of doubt that I know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. I just don't know for sure that I'm saved. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? I've got some questions, Pastor. I just don't know for sure if I'm saved. If I was to die at this moment, I don't know for sure if I go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Would you be honest enough? Raise your hand right now. Anyone? Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. but There's some sin in my life. It's just not, it's, it's, put a wedge between me and the Lord. There's some things in my life that's just not right. I don't have that sweet fellowship with the Lord like I should. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not judging you. Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else? Yes. Hands across the room. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I believe that I've turned from my wicked ways. I've turned from sin, but I haven't been sharing the gospel. I haven't been telling people about the Lord like I should and Pastor, pray for me. I need to be more of an active part of that. Yes. Anyone else? Hands across the room again. Yes. I need to be faithful about getting the word of God out. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the hearts of each person here. You've seen the hands. But Lord, I pray that people would find a place at the altar and they would put a stamp on it. that they would, Lord, that they would say whatever their issue is for salvation, Lord, that they would come and be saved this morning. If it's turning from sin, Lord, that they would trust in you and, and see that they have victory over sin because of what you've done on the cross. Lord, if it's being more active telling people about the Lord, I pray this morning that you would have your way and your will done. Speak as only you can in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm, I'm going to ask you to come find a place at the altar. As Charlotte Elliott said, just as I, just as I am without one plea. That's how you need to come. I ha- not want just come. His blood was shed for me. Do you have evidence of scriptural salvation? Have you trusted in Him completely? Not in anything else, but trusted completely in Him. Have you turned from those sins? Have you got victory over those sins? And have you been telling the story? Thank you so much for your attention this morning. You may be seated. I do appreciate you being here once again. I hope and pray that you've been encouraged and helped this morning. I uh, uh, want to encourage you to come back tonight for our evening services. want to remind you of a few things as the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you of a few things. Uh, of course, the team service is this evening, so everything that comes in this evening that's not designated to tithes Uh, or uh, Faith Promise is going to go to the teenagers. We're still raising money for them to go to Costa Rica, uh, those that are able to go. And uh, so if you could come be a support to the teenagers tonight. um, And then after that, we're going to have some cake and ice cream, some punch, stuff like that, uh, and celebrate birthdays for the month of January, birthdays and anniversaries. And so you come, just come to the fellowship. And then uh, next Sunday, or this coming Saturday, I believe it is, yeah, uh, is our prayer breakfast, and I want to invite everyone to come out. If you're visiting, you're welcome to come at 9 o'clock in the morning. We have prayer breakfast and uh, have a, a good time of fellowship there. And then on Sunday, February the 4th, that's next Sunday, is a Love Your Sibling Day. This is Bring Your Families. Okay, bring your families. Uh, uh, some of you, well, I know my girls, they, never, they don't get along too well, uh, but it's Love Your Sibling Day. But also, it's going to extend out to your brothers and sisters, your moms and dads, and cousins, and uh, all. It should be Love Your Family Day, but I was looking for an S word, so Love Your Sibling Day. Then the following week is Love Your Spouse Day, being Veteran uh, Veterans Day, being uh, uh, Valentine's Day. Love Your Spouse Day, special day that uh, for husbands and wives will do a message on that. But then the next week is Love Your Social Group Day. Bring your friends in. All right. And then on the last Sunday of the month is going to be Love Your Sanctuary Day. We're going to have a special love offering for our parking lot fund. And that, uh, that day, everything that comes in that's not designated to uh, missions uh, will go to our uh, parking lot fund. And then uh, on uh, um, March the 3rd, we'll have prayer breakfast again. But also that day, ladies we're having a baby shower for Miss uh, Evelyn for baby Amos. And she, they're registered at Walmart. And if you'd like to participate in that, that would be March the 3rd. All right, that's, I do have on a couple other things. Our Missionary of the Week is Joshua and Melissa Booth. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Ed Buchanan. Our Trusted of the Week, Brother Jack Shouse. And our Family of the Week is Brother Kenny and Miss Judith Duke. Remember these folks in your prayers if you would. All right, Brother Peyton, sir, would you please ask a blessing? Father, I thank you for this day give us. I thank you
2: for to come to your house and worship you in free country. I thank you. For
0: Pastor today and I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. I pray you bless the gift and give her this all. Stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. It's good to have uh, Brother David's grandma and grandpa here with us this morning. And uh, Brother Lippert, would you please close us in a word of prayer? Father, we sure are faith
2: to You, Your love, and Your care for us enough to send Your Son to die on Calvary. we put our faith and trust in Him, we have that sure hope of and eternity in Heaven. We thank You for that. Pray, Lord, You'll fill us afresh and new with the Holy Spirit each day that we would walk in the Spirit. We'd obey you, keep your commandments. Thank you, Lord, for the day you've given us. It's a day you've made we we'll rejoice and be glad in. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen.